0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today, we are talking about yet another third film in a trilogy. We've had Magic Mike, there's Ant-Man 3, and as far as 2023 goes, being the year of threes, we've got Creed 3. This time, directed by star Michael B. Jordan, and it's also written by Keenan Kugler, who is the brother of Ryan Kugler who directed the first uh, Creed film with Michael B. Jordan, directed Michael B. Jordan in uh, Fruitvale Station. Uh, Ryan Coogler's also the director of Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, a lot of, lot of greatness in that family. Um, so his brother, Keenan, came aboard to help write the screenplay that uh, Michael B. Jordan was going to direct. And this third outing for Creed marks the first time in the series that Rocky Balboa... Has not been present. Um, you know, he was in the first two, instrumental in the first creed, coming in to help, uh, help coach young Adonis Creed, who, as a refresher for those, um, you know, sort of the bastard child of Adonis Creed or Apollo Creed, um, you know, never knew that he had the child and had passed, as we know in the events of Rocky Four. So, you know, Adonis never really grew up knowing him, but kind of fighting in his shadow. In the events of Creed Three as it starts, um, Adonis is the once heavyweight champion of the world, defended the title many times, uh, but has since retired. His wife Bianca, played by Tessa Thompson, uh was a singer who, you know, was starting to lose some of her hearing in the first film and it's getting to the point where, you know, she really can't perform anymore, but is starting to produce music for other artists. And their daughter Amara, um, is now a little bit older. She's deaf and so, you know, a lot of the film and communication with her and even between uh, Adonis and Bianca is uh, told through sign language, which I thought, you know, was a really, really interesting and great to, uh, great touch to, uh, to add on to this film because like the Rocky movies and the rewatches that I've done in the last uh, few months, you know, there's a lot more emotion to these stories than I always remembered. Watching the Rocky movies when I was younger... I probably was just caught up in the training montages and just how awesome it was and how many times Rocky kept getting hit but kept getting up. And upon rewatching all of them, I was stunned by how much more story there was with Adrian and just how much of an emotional focus there was on love and on the family. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of the Pauly stuff, <laughs> which, you know, for the time maybe is a little more fitting, but still kind of crazy um, in the Creed series, you know, there is such an emphasis on Bianca and Adonis's relationship and then how they were going to grow as parents, how they would tackle things if their daughter couldn't uh, couldn't hear um, how he would have to kind of help take care of them in that sense or, or adapt and learn how to, uh, you know, make things easier and more comfortable for them. And so this third Creed movie really does a great job, I think, of setting up where they are as a family. Um, you understand why he's retired, you understand that, you know, he's made it, he's made his mark, he's training the next champions, Um, it's a cycle, you know, and he's kind of hopped off the train. Um, Of course, that is until his childhood best friend, Damien, played by Jonathan Majors, finally gets out of prison and decides to pay him a visit at his gym. And of course, you know, he doesn't recognize him right away, but, uh, you know, Immediately after speaking with him for a bit and really looking, you know, sizing him up a bit, Adonis kind of realizes, oh, my God, you know, Damien, you just get out of prison. Oh, my God. What happened? Are you okay? You know, you don't get much right away, but you understand that Damien now having been in prison for, I want to say, well over 10 years, he's finally come out and he's ready to train. He's ready to train because he wants to be the next heavyweight champion of the world, which kind of bewilders Adonis because it's like, you know, God, you just got out of jail, man. You haven't fought anybody professionally. You know, there was nothing, you know, I know you were a great boxer when you were younger, but you know, you got to really fight some people before you get a chance at the belt. You know, uh, I can help do anything and, you know, and be Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. um, you know, kudos to him because this is also such a story of friendship, um, how things can get warped with time, the debts you feel you might owe people. Um, and, you know, so for this childhood best friend who it's clear has some sort of entanglement um, with Adonis, you know, he's like, I'll, I'll do what I can for you. You know, anything else you need to say the word, but uh, I don't know, getting you a shot at the belt, that's going to take some time. But to Damien's credit, he's like, didn't you get a shot at belt in your first match? Which he did, obviously, which is attributed to the name. And he's like, you know, I've been working out. All I need is a shot. And so from there, the story definitely parallels Rocky III in some ways. You know, Mr. T, Clubber Lang, the guy who's just mercilessly beating people, fighting for a chance to take on a retired Rocky. Um, And very soon it feels evident that, you know, maybe Damien just wants more than a shot at the belt. Maybe he wants the life Adonis had. I won't go too much more into the plot, but it does really set up a, a very emotional battle for Adonis, both at home with his friend and in his own world of boxing. And, you know, you get caught up in egos and the... Not the sins of your father, because they kind of dealt with that in the, the previous creed with Drago and his son. But, you know, Adonis is a father at this point. He's got so much to lose. Rocky's not in the picture here, whispering in his ear, trying to give him advice. You know, he's really trying to make his own decisions when it comes to this. And he really does not want to get swept up and being called out by someone, by someone taking cheap shots in the media. Um but Jonathan Majors, man, I'm like Michael B Jordan, you know, has always been pretty cut for these roles. I mean, he's always looked great. You know, I wouldn't fight him. Most people wouldn't fight him pretty sensibly. But Jonathan Majors comes onto the scene and it's something I really liked that they did for most of the movie, he's always wearing some sort of sweatshirt or he's always got some vest, something over top of him while he's training, and you never really see All his muscles, how freaking chiseled his abs are, how just ripped he is and ready to kill someone Um, until well into the film where it's like, all right, you know what? If I got to fight, I got to fight. Let's watch him maybe fight some other deals, see if he can actually compete. And he can compete. He's terrifying looking. Um, You know, you, you couple that with the story. Obviously, he's fresh out of prison. He's waiting for a shot. He's ready to get back to where he was because Damien had been a boxer when he was younger and it's nice because you get some good flashbacks uh, throughout the film that kind of touch on Damien and Adonis's upbringing um, you know, before Adonis was eventually adopted by his mother or his birth mother and kind of brought back to his home Um, and the two of them Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors uh, they're terrific every scene that they're in together you know whether it's the intimidation, whether it's the nervousness of, you know, I, how do I handle someone who maybe I owe this life to, that I owe so many opportunities to. Um, there I'm like, you know, it, it really, really surprised me. Again, just, you know, for a movie that I assumed was going to be mostly about fighting and boxing, um, the emotional stakes are incredibly high here. And then when you actually get to the fighting, it was really cool because what Michael B. Jordan did as a director and a little more control over how the story is told and how it plays out. He's a self-admitted huge fan of anime and reading some interviews leading up to this film, he talked to a lot of people about how he wanted the fighting to look because he watches so many incredible different anime shows with, you know, some of the most ridiculous but awesome-looking fight sequences. And it's like, how can we translate that from drawing to real life? And there's almost this blur of kind of what Guy Ritchie did with the Sherlock Holmes movies with Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr., where you kind of slow the frame down, you can isolate where your fighter's looking. You know, they don't give you the out loud Sherlock Holmes, like, you know, one punch to the ribs, Uppercut to the nose, quick break finger here, do this, da 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 And then he does it all swiftly. Um, you know, This one is kind of calculated. As you're taking hits in slow motion, you're looking at exposed spots, or you're looking for signs from the other fighter. Where are they holding? Did I hit him in a right spot? Do I need to go back there? Kind of thinking it all out in your head, taking the punches as they go. And it really does become kind of like it always was with Rocky, a game of patience and getting hit a ton, And waiting for those right moments, because you know you don't have that size advantage. Um, And so, so many of the fights in this movie look really awesome. Um, You know, from the first Creed, obviously the box... Not that boxing has changed largely in how it's fought, but uh, the speed of some of these guys is just ridiculous. And even though you can fight someone who's incredibly physically um, imposing... As long as you can get some quick hits in, whether it's to the ribs, to the kidney, wherever. I mean, God. There were so many times during this movie, too, where I was like, is that a legal hit? Can you do that? Can you throw a punch and hit someone there? And, you know, so many times the answer really is, yeah. You know, punching someone in the arm might not do you the same good as hitting them in the face, but you punch them in the arm enough times, that might do something. Um, and it was just really curious to watch some of these different fighting styles and how you can take on an enemy. And even if they have X advantage over you, where can you sneak your advantage? Um, So it was a really stylistically interesting film to watch as well. Um, The final fights towards the end of the film are awesome. um, And they do some really creatively interesting things with how they shoot them and kind of how you're entering the mind of the fighter and what it might look like from their perspective um and through and through it stays pretty true to that rocky feel, you know. It always feels like, you know, even though this guy has been the champion of the world 10 times over, I don't know if he could win this one. And it's something you say every movie where you're like, "Oh my god, how is he going to beat this guy?" And you see him take so many punches, you're like, "Oh my god, how can you how can you do this?" But the best thing about those rocky movies is sometimes they can play with your expectations. The hero doesn't always win. It doesn't have to be a, a fought victory for it to be a moral victory. Um, and so that's something these Creed movies have also kind of followed with and playing with your expectations and how you might think a fight will go down, how you might feel the, uh, the relationship might go for some of the characters. Um, but I, you know, I thought they really, uh, did a really great job. Uh, Michael B. Jordan for his directorial debut, incredibly solid. Great delivery on action. Uh, great delivery on story um, and really getting to to spend some time with those characters and build those stakes. Um, the music was pretty good. Um, you know, I'm always a sucker for that Rocky theme and how they can uh, kind of play around with those. And so while you've got all, obviously a lot of the hip hop, you know, your walkouts to, to certain matches now have certainly changed from how they were in the seventies and eighties. Not that they've gotten less showy, but obviously the music evolves and, you know, you've got rather than HBO, it's like HBO sports in the first couple creeds. Now it's ESPN or vice versa. And it was interesting to see how they bring in a lot of the sports media of today and how real fights would be marketed and how you really talk about some of these things. Um, so I, you know, I, I was bummed because I missed this in theaters. I didn't get a chance to go. But as has been the case with a lot of movies this year, it's a quick, you know, I think Creed was in the theaters for maybe three weeks and then they put it out on digital. Uh, Maybe it was a month. I don't think it made it quite a month. Um, But, you know, for me at home, it was like, cool, we've got four or five people who would watch this and would have gone to pay at the movie theater, so we'll get it at home. And if you have Voodoo or... um, Voodoo or movies anywhere, one or the other. Um, a lot of these films are being bundled. You know, that's the way I watched Magic Mike, uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Voodoo is doing a three-pack. Hey, you get Magic Mike one, two, and three. I don't think it was more than 15 bucks. Um, and you're like, okay, I get to watch the third one from home. And, you know, now that it's not playing in a theater anymore, I can watch it like that. So similarly with Creed three. Alright, you know, we can watch it at home They've got the three pack bundle One and two are streaming On HBO Max Or just Max now If you're up to date on any of this bogus Warner Brothers, HBO Discovery news Um, But I would Definitely watch Creed 3 At home, I don't know when it's going to be hitting streaming Uh, I imagine they'll wait a little bit Longer Um, But this is definitely one that plays great at home Turn the sound up uh, cause the, you know, the sound design on this as well is really improved. Um, especially when you compare it to some of the Rocky movies and, you know, every hit sounding like a, tsh, tsh, tsh. and I'm like, that's not quite how it sounds when you're getting hit in the face. And so, uh, you know, even that the, there's just a lot of little technical details. I think that they really did well here to kind of make it super believable. And again, just feeling like a, a solid entry and an already solid franchise, So, if you're like me, and you love a good Undersog story, you like a boxing movie, and you're a fan of Michael B. Jordan, I don't think there's anything to lose by biting the bullet and spending the $20 to rent it or buy it. Um, I think it's one that will play well. It's certainly a really great series. Um, And yeah, you know, we'll see if we get a fourth one. I don't know who might die in the fourth one, but... Obviously there's always a gold mine for the Rocky stories if time has told us anything. We'll just see if Sylvester Stallone makes his way back or not. Thanks again for listening in guys and we'll see you next week with uh hopefully some better movies. Not that not that's no indication on Creed. I'm just looking at the the weekly slate and Nicolas Cage's Renfield vampire movie. Uh ah, you know, everything is looking like that might be a miss, but we'll see. We'll see you next time. Thanks.